What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League podcast here on FanRag Sports. My name is Sebastian Noren. With me is Elliot Niblock. If I sound a little bit more grisly than usual, it's because we're recording early in the morning this time. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if it was a microphone issue, but no. In oh, fact, no, no, no. It, it's the morning Papa Bear voice here. Yeah. Um, well, at least on the bright side, I'm in the East Coast at present, so uh, at least we're in the same time zone. And it's not 7 or, God forbid, 6 a.m. for me. Oh, that's true. That is absolutely true. Yeah, although we'll see what ends up happening here. I, I saw Florida, they're pushing to stop... <laughs> Stop changing the clock. They're like, oh, we can't do this. We can't do this anymore. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah, which the thing is, though, that actually daylight savings time doesn't really make sense because it was founded for an agrarian society in order to make sure that like farm families, kids had enough time and daylight to work on the farm and also go to school. And that is not the kind of economy that we've lived in for half a century. So no. there are some arguments for doing away with it, but if just Florida did away with it, then it would be even more confusing for everyone. I mean, it's already, I think Arizona, Arizona they don't change. Mm-hmm. Which, is, which was point. really nice when I lived there because you don't have to worry about it. But at the same time, it's not the end of the world. And I think yeah. there's there's a lot of old, old laws and things that we have in this country that some some things they've just forgotten about. There was like one, I, I forget, this is so sidetracked now, but I think I read something <laughs> that there was a, I think it was Kentucky, where you can get, like, you should get punished if you're living together and you're not married. Like there should be a penal, uh, yeah. a fine yeah, for that. Technically on the law. Yeah, on the book. exactly. And it's super, super old. It might just be for a specific County or whatever, but yeah, there's so many dumb, dumb laws out there that there, are just there was a forever a law in, in Massachusetts, in Boston at present. And they, uh, uh, which said that there had to be a minimum distance. I think it was like, half a mile or something between a tavern and any church and like some old fogies in the 80s like discovered this law at a church in cambridge and they're like well that bar in harvard square has to close and they actually they sued him and it went all the way to the supreme court and then grendel's den this pub which is still around uh actually i shouldn't say that i haven't been there since i've been here this week i'll have to check it out now uh, they sued him, and they won in the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court was like, this is ridiculous. This does not follow the separation of church and state. You can keep your bar open. And then they were – now now they're famous famous in the annals of ridiculous laws. Yeah. But anyway, no, we have to cr- recent football. No, you have to close the church. Sorry. Um, yep, let's travel back in time to Wednesday. We'll kick things off with some Champions League discussion here. Both English sides lost 2-1 to one at home. Although for Man City, losing 2-1 to to Basel didn't really matter. They still went through 5-2 on aggregate. Whereas Spurs, they got knocked out. Yep. Juventus moving on 4-3 on aggregate. A uh, pretty good game, I would say. I, I thought it was a great game. I mean, because even though, you know, the the media narrative will be... Spurs can't get the trophy monkey off of their back and like Spurs collapse at Wembley and blah, blah, blah. And while, okay, you know, maybe 
those do hold a little bit of water. They they still fought hard to the end, right? Like there's one moment with I think maybe a minute and a half of stoppage time left to play, perhaps even less, in which Juve gave up the ball really cheaply in their own third, and Tottenham had a great chance and very nearly, you know, equalized and forced extra time. And I think that it was, you know, everything that I've read about it since then is like, how will this epic collapse impact Spurs? And it's like, well, you know, okay, yeah, they switched off, they got hit with two quick goals, but they still pressed, they still played an overall pretty good game, and that you know it's those those final couple moments that very easily could have broken a different way and if they'd scored if this game goes to extra time i think tottenham and goes on to win it at wembley right i think the supporters get back up for it and they you know ride that wave and win but of course that that's not what happened so here we are with those media narratives of yet no more trophy for tottenham like what how how is Pochettino's team going to face the fact that they've got so much quality and so many goals and yet no silverware, right? Uh, I mean, Ted, did you did you watch this game? Like, what do you think about this, both in terms of the 90 minutes themselves and what it might mean for Spurs moving forward? Well, I I, I think it's a bit a little bit exaggerated from an English point of view or an even American point of view, as far as you know, Juventus. They're a great great side. They have some quality players. Gonzalo Higuain would be a top scorer in England, or I mean, in the discussion of being top scorer in England. Same with Jibala, phenomenal player. Higuain's goal was, I mean, th- there's not a lot of players that actually make that one. That was perfect. Yeah, yeah. Per- which he certainly made up for uh, <laughs> that fluffed hat trick to more or less potentially yes. put the game away previously. Yeah, that's true. And I don't feel like it's such an epic collapse as it's been made out to be. There's no shaming losing four three well, on aggregate to Juventus. Yes, they and, had a I mean, very they had a very very good outlook from the first leg, having two two away goals, and then they took the lead in this game. But at the same time, there's so much quality in this Juventus side, and these were two sides that have been in great form, and. You know, just going through the starting 11s, too. I mean, there's... I feel like these teams are pretty comparable. And then it just yeah. comes down to... You know, we've spoken about this before, but which individual players can have some moment of brilliance? And whereas Spurs rely heavily on Harry Kane to come up with the goals for them, mm-hmm. Juventus, they have a couple more knives in the drawer. There's Egoin, that's Dybala... I know uh, Mansukis didn't play in this game, but you know Douglas Costa. There's there's so much, or not so much more, but there are a couple more different options there. Yeah, I'm well, and I think that a lot of how this game ends up getting, you know, the narrative is well, it was already Spurs go down in Italy, and then they mount this epic comeback, and then they go up one nil at, at Wembley, and it seems for all the world, okay, now they're going to coast, and then you know, that narrative collapses. So I feel like a lot of it is just down to that. But you're right. I mean, they, these are both teams with a ton of quality. And and I think that on the balance of play, it's tricky because in the first half, both teams had a penalty shout, right? Like mm-hmm. yep. the arguable Chiellini handball, I think, I don't know. I think that probably gets given a little more often than not. You know, maybe it was 60-40, uh, but it wasn't. 
But even if you want to say, okay, well, he was consistent, the Vertonghen challenge a few minutes later, that is a st- like stonewall penalty. Yeah, that was that 100. was that was poor refereeing that they didn't get that one. And then you got to add in too that I think that Gigi Buffon had a very good game. He came up with some oh, big he had saves. A great game. Very good. He game. and Cialini, he and Cialini showed why, you know, this is a team that, you know, Diabala is the exciting young name on everybody's lips in terms of the Juventus players who, you know, other clubs want to snap up. Iguain is getting a little bit up there, so he's not quite maybe as hot commodity as he once was in the transfer market. But the core of this team remains Cialini and Gigi Buffon, and they were. There was one photo. I don't know if you saw it. Um, but in with, with a spectacular defensive play and Buffon and Cialini are kind of embracing one another by the shoulders and just screaming each other's faces. Yep. And that kind of intensity, you know, like that is, that's, that's what they rode, right? And including that final chance for Spurs as they hit the post in stoppage time, but then they still, you know, they cleared it off the line, right? Like they, they, they allowed a chance for Spurs, but then they immediately recovered. And, and all, all credit to Juve. I don't think that, you know, for the, I don't think that Spurs fans should at all be, you know, of course they're going to be disappointed. They crashed out of the Champions League, right? But at the same time, you know, this is not, this is not losing to Monaco, for God's sake. <laughs> So. No, and it's not getting blown, you know, having the doors blown off either. Yeah, you know, they allowed two goals in quick succession there, you know, span of like three minutes. And I think that's part of why it's gotten drummed up a little bit more as well. If it was one goal in each half, I don't think it would have been that big of a deal either. Yeah, but I mean, this is, I feel like maybe I'm beating a dead horse at this point. But the, th- the thing is that. Yeah, they switched off, but then they reorganized. They were pretty solid defensively, and they were dangerous moving forward. You know, so yeah, okay, a a perfect team, a team that is gonna like not to say Man City is a perfect team. They are not a perfect team, but you know, a team that is going to end up running away with the title. They don't have those moments that they switch off on the regular, right? Like so, yeah, okay, you can you can and you should critique them for that, but at the same time, it's. Uh, a couple unfortunate moments from a Tottenham perspective in an otherwise well-fought match and even better-fought overall tie. So, you know, they can, they'll be disappointed, but they have to, it's not, you know, we use this phrase all the time, crash out of a competition. They didn't crash out of the competition. They left with their heads held high. Yeah, and this is something that you build on, you, you know, you, you lick your wounds for a bit, then you rebuild and you say, okay, what can we do to improve for next time around? So this is a learning experience. They're still couple of young players in this Spurs side. So, yes, there's still the fact that they haven't won anything, but at the same time, they're gaining more and more and more experience. So, we'll see what happens moving forward. Let's, uh, I mean, the City game, I don't really have too much to say about that. I don't think it's going to impact them in any way, really. No, I, yeah, we're on the same page with that. They're so, just gonna come. yeah, so let's move over to Thursday then, and... Arsenal defeating AZ Milan on the road 2-0 goals by Mkhitaryan and Ramsey. Yeah, and Mkhitaryan, um, I can't say he nearly had a hat trick. He could have had a hat trick, and he very nearly had a brace as he hit the bar in stoppage time before Aaron Ramsey's goal, actually. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, I was, I, I went to see this game at the Boston Arsenal bar, partially just because, you know, I 
I know a lot of those guys. I have a lot of affinity both for them themselves and the space. And they really, I have to take my hat off to them, Jeff particularly, because they've, that place has just been revolutionized from what it was when we moved there six years ago. Uh, but anyway, I, I was always going to go, go out to watch the game, right? But I can't pretend that my confidence is high. Uh, but they, you know, the players got up for it. And I think that they know as well as anybody right that this is this is what's left for arsenal season full stop you know they're yes. out of the two domestic cup competitions and there i think you can say crash out right getting stomped by city in the final of the chupacabra cup and then crashing out to nottingham forest in the fa uh and with no you know they're the only the only legitimate chance they might have would be if chelsea totally collapsed and they might get fit but that's more likely that Burnley might catch Arsenal. Burnley for Lord. So the Europa League is what's left, and they stepped up. You know, they we saw the kind of incisive passing, like the the quick, the quick, lovely attacking play from Arsenal that was their brand for many years that we haven't seen in in certainly weeks. You know, uh, probably over a month. Um, and, and the thing, the, what really stands out to me in this game is that Koscielny himself has been, you know, maybe he hasn't been the first scapegoat, but he has been in pretty bad form. And he's Arsenal's, arguably Arsenal's best defender. I think certainly Arsenal's best defender when both Bellerin and Monreal are injured. Monreal is definitely injured. Bellerin might have just been kind of pseudo injured, benched by Wenger, but that's, you know, that's just speculation. Uh, but he had a great game. Mustafi had a better game than, than he has in a long time also. But the one, the thing that stands out to me is there was one moment that, you know, it's not going to make probably any of the, <laughs> the major match reports for what happened yesterday. But Danny Welbeck, who in many ways played abysmally, like he fluffed chances in almost comical, certainly if you're not an Arsenal supporter, definitely comical fashion a few times, you know, like scuffing his studs above the ball and falling over near the end of the match. But that said, there was one moment in particular when he was calling to the midfield players, you know, push up, come on. Like they're, you know, we, we just lost a possession in the final third, but they're clearly on the back foot. We should stay on the front foot. And, you know, he did that, and Wilshire came up to press. And, you know, Harry, he didn't win a tackle, but he harried the uh, AC Milan player into a poor pass, and Arsenal got back into possession. And it's that kind of play, right? It is, it's that switched-on leadership when, you know, when you're on top of a game to say, no, let's put our foot on their gas, our foot on their throats, whatever metaphor you want to use, and – Let's press when we have the momentum, right? Like, don't sit back. And I still agree that Welbeck is in terrible form, right? I still think that he is our only attacking option on front as long as Lacazette remains injured and with Obama Yang upside. That's pretty scary, you know, moving forward in this competition. But nonetheless, seeing him do that, I, have, I just had to, I had to speak to that because I had so much respect for that. And I think that that was a moment that kind of encapsulated the, the more – aggressive, the more switched-on performance for Arsenal as a whole yesterday. Mm. 
So a little shine of light there for the Gunners. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll switch focus over to the Premier League and the big, big matchup between Manchester United and Liverpool on Saturday morning. So stick around. Okay, and we're back looking at the slate of games here for this weekend. One game sticks out, head and shoulders above the rest, and that's Manchester United against Liverpool at Old Trafford at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Saturday morning. And uh, we were talking before we started recording here. I'm hoping that I'll be able to watch this game at the lounge at my local Ford dealership as my car goes in for a little bit of service. I'm hoping they have coffee. I'm hoping they have the game. If not, I hope they have Wi-Fi so I can watch the game on my phone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Technology, man. It's not the biggest phone. It's like six-inch screen, but still, it's better than nothing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, uh, that's, certainly better than nothing, right? You know, not the days of listening on the radio to all the fixtures. Yeah, that's true. That is very, very true. Yeah, I don't listen too often on the radio to games anymore. Um, Although, look, actually, in the you can uh, you can stream a lot of them for free uh, these days via uh, I, I forget the website and I'm blanking on it now. But I was on a long road trip and I listened to an Arsenal match and it was kind of I don't know it was, it was quaint it was nice I, but like I was driving by myself so I certainly couldn't watch it on my phone and it was kind of nice to have that option. Well, I've done the it, thing. It, I've done the thing when I've just put on the stream and don't, like, I just have the phone in my glove box, or not glove box, but in the center console, so I don't see the game, but I still get the audio. That's, that's like that's like the worst of both worlds, because yes. they're not actually describing it so as though you're not watching. That is true. <laughs> but it's also better than nothing. Uh, okay. If well, we'll look- anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll hope that you actually get to, to see this match. Uh, yes. But we should get back to the old Trafford itself. So battle for second place here. Right now, United sitting in second place with 62 points. Liverpool two points behind in third, 60 points. Liverpool, a good run of form. They got four wins in the last five in the Premier League. United, three wins, two losses. This is yeah. a tough one to predict. Yeah, it it really is. I mean, I think that because if Mourinho starts, Mourinho goes in scared playing Crystal Palace away, and now I mean, Liverpool yeah. comes to Old Trafford. Liverpool very good going forward. They have second most goals scored in the league with sixty seven. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not actually that curious about Mourinho's tactics, right? I think that he's going to pretty much say, shut up shop, try to hit him on the counter. That's it. That's the plan. Yeah. And, but, you know, given recent form, are Liverpool going to be able to break down that defense and score against the best keeper in the world? Uh, it's, it, it, were, it, were it anyone but David De Gea for United between the sticks, I would say I think Liverpool will get at least a goal in this game. But that, United could take that 1-0 victory. They could also break down and lose 2-0, as Paulie has predicted. Or, it, I don't know. I, the one thing that I don't expect is I don't expect to see four-goal Liverpool run out at Old Trafford and you know run rampant all over. But... But that's, you know, the fact that that's still a, 
a non-zero chance exists, right? Like this, as you said, Seb, this Liverpool team is very good going forward. Uh, they've scored, I think they've scored second only to Man City yes. in terms of goals this season. Yep. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, um, if we take a quick look here, let me pull up the scoring race. Where is it? Um, yeah, they've scored 67 to City's 83. So a significant gap, but they've also scored 11 more than Manchester United's 56. And I should say that Man U are in third in uh, goals four with 56. Yep. There we go. Stats. That's what I want. So right now, scoring race, Mohamed Salah, 24 goals, same as Harry Kane. And then they also have Firmino in the top 10, which 13 goals. United, they only have one player in the top 10, and that's Romelu Lukaku with 14. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lukaku. I, he, he's an enigma to me. I feel like he should be, he should be Drogba, but he's not. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, good, I'm looking over the top 10 here, over the top scores, and good on Glenn Murray from Brighton. 11 goals. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, and I'm, I I will tell you right now, Seb, I am not overly familiar with the entirety of Glenn Murray's career. But, you know, at at age 33, 34, I think he is. 34. Um, yeah. You know, I, I wonder how many times he's scored more than that previously in a, in a campaign, right? And those campaigns, I would hazard to guess, you know, playing for Brighton previously or playing for Rochdale or Carlisle United, you know, those, those goal-scoring records were definitely not in the English Premier League. No, if we take a look here at his total Premier League. He's got 79 appearances in the Premier League over the his whole career. He's got 22 goals, so half of those goals have come this, this season. season. That's, that's, I mean, that's great for him, right? Like, when you, as a footballer, I mean, we've spoken about this before, that the, the current state of modern medicine, like the fitness sports science that goes into the game at this point, means that unlike 15 years ago, when you hit 30, it's not as though, okay, well, you're pretty much done. But still, nonetheless, you know, if you're a, if you're a 30 year old striker, you, you, it's unlikely that you're going to expect, okay, I have my best season ahead of me in two or three years. No, that's true. Yep. So all, all credit to him. Yes. Very good on him. So yeah, let's sort of move over here. You alluded to Paulie's pick there. I think he has two to one Liverpool. Maybe I misread that. Let me double check our little group chat here. No, he's got two to one Liverpool. That's right. Yeah, two to one. All right, I misspoke. So uh, let's see. Paulie, after his phenomenal week, um, he's in the lead, two nineteen. Elliot, you're in second, one ninety one. I'm in third with one eighty nine. So I'm closing in. Yeah. That's it. Closing the gap. You got to keep you at bay here. Yeah. So I'm, like I said, Paulie's going 2-1 to one Liverpool. I'm going a 1-1 one, one in this one. Boy, I don't, that that was my pick, Seb. Am I going to have to play defense on this one? I mean, you might have. Or you spread it out and we get one for each. <laughs> that, yeah. That one nothing United win that you were alluding to. Yeah. I, 
I don't think so, though. I think I think one one is is right. And I have to also say that despite Liverpool moving forward, this game could head nil nil, which I really hope it doesn't because I'm planning to not only wake up at seven, although I have to check. I don't even know if my cousin here has cable or not, but <laughs> I'm planning to wake up at seven and maybe even trek my way down to the local Liverpool bar to watch this. So we'll see. Ugh. That sounds horrible. Go to a United Bar instead. Uh, no, Phoenix Landing <laughs> is a great bar and it's closer, so that's where I'm going. Then we got West Ham going up against Burnley at home. Paulie's going one nothing Burnley. I'm going two nothing Burnley. Uh, I'm gonna go one one in this one. One another one one. Okay. Then we got Everton at home to Brighton and Hove. Albion, I'm going two to one. Everton, Paulie is going two nothing. Brighton. I'm gonna. I'm just sticking with the same one here, Seb. This is gonna be one one also. One one. Okay, all the one ones. Paulie's got one one between Newcastle and Southampton. I think Newcastle is gonna edge out a two to one win at home over a and very I, poor Southampton. Well, this one we are going to have the full parity because I'm going to say 1-0 to the Saints. I think oh. that they're going to be able to, to steal it at St. James. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Then West Brom, they're dead last in table, playing at home to Leicester. Paul is going 2 nothing Leicester. I'm going 3-1 to Leicester. And I'm going to be yet more conservative again, 1-0 Foxes. 1-0 Leicester. Yeah, West Brom looking pretty dire there. Then Huddersfield at home, Swansea. Paulie's going 1-1. 1-1, popular pick this week. I'm going one nothing to Swansea. Oh, wow. We've got the full parity on this one, too, because I'm going 3-1 Huddersfield. 3-1, wow. Goals galore in that game. Then Chelsea yeah. at home, Crystal Palace. Paulie's going 2-1 Chelsea. I'm going 3 nothing Chelsea. Yeah. Uh... Crystal... I'm going I'm to be conservative and say 2-0 Chelsea also. Okay. Yeah, I think Crystal Palace, they've been hard done here two games in a row, and I think it's a bit demoralizing, and Chelsea's going to capitalize on that. Then Arsenal at home to Watford. Paulie's going 2 nothing Arsenal. I'm going 3-1 to one Arsenal. I'm going to go 2 nothing Arsenal also. I'm not going to be making up much ground on Paulie here, but that seems right. Although I... We'll see. You know, Watford certainly had Arsenal's number at Vicarage Road, but I think that uh, the ho- hopefully, hopefully the Gunners will get up for it once again and have that little chip on their shoulder about having lost the reverse fixture and not let Watford, for goodness sake, do the double over them as Brighton did. Yeah, that would be pretty bad. And I mean, looking at the table, too, they're only five points ahead of Burnley. I know. It's. Yeah. <laughs> and with four oh, losses man. and one win in their last five Premier League games, three losses in a row here. Some... Yeah, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you, Seb. I'm half tempted to pick 1-1 one, one in this one, but I've, I've, I've got I've to believe. Got to believe. Okay. Then we got Bournemouth at home to Spurs. I'm going 3 nothing Spurs. Paulie's going one nothing Spurs. I'm going 3-1 Spurs. 3-1 Spurs. Yeah, I need to make sure I get some results in this week if I'm going to catch up to you. And then, lastly, on Monday, we got Stoke against Manchester City. 
Paulie's going four nothing to City. I'm going three nothing to City. Uh the <laughs> you guys are killing me. It's like, well, I'll do four nil. Oh, he did four nil. I'll do three nil. Well, you're doing three nil. I I can't give them as few as two goals. You can give them five. Um, I almost gave them five. Uh, I'll admit that I almost went for yeah. the one over on Polly. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go three nil, three nil. I I think that they're gonna win comfortably, but yeah, I don't think that they're absolutely gonna blow the doors off in this time. No, but it, that's just the amount of quality in the city team, and like we said before, too, Stoke just not getting things done here despite having some decent yeah. player on their rosters. Yeah, they only have one defeat in their last five, but they also combine that with four draws. Yeah. So I don't think that'll be much of a match for Man City, even though they just lost to Basel. Um, with that, we'll say goodbye for this time. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren. Elliot is Keats was better, and Polly is P. Questel. Be sure to give FanRag Sports a follow as well. And we'll talk to you again after the weekend. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.